Great as a town ball story there, huh? Rolling. Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores <laughs> brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 781 on this, the last day of January, January 31, 2022. We reached a high of 46 degrees on this day on two occasions, 1995 and 2009. And it was as low as 27 below on this day in 1881. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Well, this just in, Bert informs me that he has uh, received news that Yoko Ono is threatening to put more music on Spotify unless they cut Rogan oh, loose. Oh, a, little wow. a little premature. Uh... Oh, God. Oh, God, help me. Yoko. Please. Good Lord. Uh, I think the news uh, out of the Rogan camp is very chilling. Uh, he's, it was a non-apology apology, but he is uh, now pledging to try harder to offer more balanced views on his Spotify podcast following protests of the music streaming platform kicked off by Neil Young uh, over the spread of what Neil Young called COVID-19 vaccine misinformation. Uh, I'm, I'm struggling to, uh, uh, I wish John was here. We tried to get him on. He's unavailable. I'm struggling to understand what it is that Rogan's guilty of. I don't think he's guilty of anything, to be honest. Uh, I'm, I'm in the Chris camp here. Uh, this, is, this is terribly chilling. Uh, he's, he's agreeing. Uh, I'm going to try to put it in a framework. He's, it sounds like he's agreeing to his minders, his superiors, uh, if not authorizing what he says and who he has on, uh, they are insisting that he has advisors who will, which is tantamount to saying, you pretty much have to say what we're going to allow you to say. And if you go, uh, if you go back into his history, I mean, he had Dr. Mike Osterholm on. Mm-hmm. He's had Sanjay Gupta from CNN on. And then he's had, you know, uh, Malone and McCullough on, Dr. Robert Malone. Uh, who's a hero in the anti-vaccine community? That's a foghorn. Yeah, you know, I can get it. I, I got, got it, it right here. Right there, right there, yeah. Well, why don't you play a little of what? Uh, this is a two-minute clip of what I believe was an over ten-minute video that he posted to his online social media accounts. Mm-hmm. Uh, here we go. There's a lot of people that have a distorted perception of what I do, maybe based on sound bites or based on headlines of articles that are disparaging. Um, the podcast has been accused of spreading dangerous misinformation, specifically about two episodes, a little bit about some other ones, but specifically about two. One with uh, Dr. Peter McCullough and one with Dr. Robert Malone. Dr. Peter McCullough is a cardiologist and he is the most published physician in his field in history. 
Dr. Robert Malone owns nine patents on the creation of mRNA vaccine technology and is at least partially responsible for the creation of the technology that led to mRNA vaccines. Both these people are very highly credentialed, very intelligent, very accomplished people, and they have an opinion that's different from the mainstream narrative. I wanted to hear what their opinion is. I had them on, and because of that, those episodes in particular, uh, those episodes were labeled as being dangerous. They had dangerous misinformation in them. The problem I have with the term misinformation, especially today, is that many of the things that we thought of as misinformation just a short while ago are now accepted as fact. Like, for instance, eight months ago, if you said, if you get vaccinated, you can still catch COVID and you can still spread COVID, you would be removed from social media. They would, they would ban you from certain platforms. That is true. Now, that's accepted as fact. If you said, I don't think cloth masks work, you would be banned from social media. Now, that's openly and repeatedly stated on CNN. If you said, I think it's possible that COVID-19 came from a lab, you'd be banned from many social media platforms. Now, that's on the cover of Newsweek. All of those theories that at one point in time were banned were openly discussed by those two men that I had on my podcast that have been accused of dangerous misinformation. I do not know if they're right. I don't know because I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. I'm just a person who sits down and talks to people and has conversations with them. Do I get things wrong? Absolutely, I get things wrong, but I try to correct them. Whenever I get something wrong, I try to correct it because I'm interested in telling the truth. Hmm. Here's the dangerous road we're heading down, and I mean not, not even heading, that we are traveling down. If Joe Rogan offers up an apology, we're screwed. Mm-hmm. Because if, if the likes of Joe, and I, again, it's not that I'm a fan or not a fan of his show. I just like the way that he tackles a topic because he's not afraid to have people on with opposing views. He said it right there. But the dangerous road we're heading down is if the likes of Joe Rogan cater to the mob, we're all screwed. But there's another a- way to look at this. Two years ago, this massive intrusion entered our lives. Mm-hmm. And it should not be thought unreasonable to have people in the media questioning the mainstream narrative, which was all we were ever allowed, essentially, to accept. Mm -hmm. And suddenly, you know, the governors of states were closing restaurants and bars and ordering children to wear masks. And you have people in this country uh, who wish to question that. And to Rogan's defense... He's had on Dr. Mike Osterholm. He's had Dr. Peter Hotez from Bel- uh, Baylor College of Medicine. He's had Sanjay Gupta, the chief medical correspondent for CNN. And now what he's agreeing to is Spotify would add a content advisory to any episode on the platform that includes a discussion of COVID-19. The advisory will guide listeners to a COVID-19 information hub with easy access to data-driven facts. Up-to-date information is shared by scientists, physicians, academics, and public health authorities around the world. Rogan said, I'm happy with the addition of these advisories. He said he schedules his guests himself and that he would try to book doctors with different opinions right after he talks to the controversial ones. But what possibly... Could 
motivate Spotify's COVID-19 information hub other than it, it appeasing the official stance. Yes? You've been doing this a long time, right? Mm-hmm. What do you suspect? Because I have an answer for you. Maybe Spotify uh, felt financially threatened. Oh, they did. Their stocks uh, Ding, dropped. ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Sponsorships, all sorts of things. Because not even that a, a, a big-name sponsor that's spending a lot of money to be on Spotify's platform, it might not even mean that they're necessarily disagreeing with what Rogan is presenting on his show. It might be that they're also getting feedback for being associated with that show. Of course they are. Because that's the bottom line, is if you know if the money stops, then you're in trouble. But, I mean, there is a bigger argument going on here. Which is why I'm bringing this up. Go ahead. Well, you go ahead. I think you and I are on the same page. What America has become. Nope. You know, nope. it, it, it's, this is a huge, huge topic. What but we've it, turned into <clears throat> willingly. You brushed on this last week. Neil Young, who used to be shouting at the government, all governments, is now on board and their biggest cheerleader. Same with Joni Mitchell. And, and what's surprising to me is the, the amount of Americans now that are applauding Neil Young and Joni Mitchell for touting the government line. What happened to questioning authority? I don't think Rogan's ever been accused of saying to people, do not get vaccinated. Of course not. I don't no, think he's ever no. done that. But no. I like his style. I wanted to hear from them what they thought. Because I'm not an expert. Right. Yeah. That, and Invite him on the air. <clears throat> Rogan? Reach out to him. Invite him on the air. Well, he yeah. won't. He, he, he doesn't have time. Uh, you never know. Never he know. might just throw a, a donkey a bone. I like the fact that... He's willing to book his own guests, Rook. Don't you like that? I do. I, yes. That's the same here. I'm telling you. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Uh, this is much bigger than us talking about a, a competitor's podcast. This is much bigger than I agree completely. worrying about Neil Young and Joni Mitchell and Nils Lofgren and, and uh, Yoko Ono threatening to put more music on Spotify. Yeah. This is... Uh, oh, just the one time? This yep. is happening in uh, every aspect of yes. American life. yes. It's happening in the failed academy. It's happening in politics. It's happening in Black Lives Matter. They just uh, were accused of spending millions and millions of dollars to buy a mansion in Toronto. Mm -hmm. They can't account for where their money is. Nope. Things purported to represent something are not representing it. In other words, climate change uh, hysteria has nothing to do with the climate. Uh, Black Lives Matter has nothing to do with Black Lives Mattering. Uh, animal rights activists have nothing to do with the rights of animals. Politicians have nothing to do with serving the public in the public's best interests, both sides of the aisle. Uh, so I guess you could say Spotify, however gently, putting the clamps on Rogan has nothing to do with putting the clamps on Rogan. Might have to do with their bottom line. Might have to do with the fear of losing revenue. It's just to appease the noisy people, though. Yeah. 
Squeaky wheel gets the grease. Neil Young is just big enough star that he was he he got this publicity. Mm-hmm. Had it been Huey Lewis, it's unlikely that <laughs> this would have happened. Right. Or uh, well, maybe I don't even want to go down the road of who's popular and who's not. The the point is that. Uh, How did we get to this point though, where all of these Americans and you know I guess global citizens could complain uh, uh, about Joe Rogan without actually hearing what he said. That's the key. It's and, and why is why is Spotify uh, allowing their policies to to be dictated by these insane zealots? And, and to me, to Fear. answer my own question, Fear. or I'm going to cough here, hold on. Mm-hmm. Is it just politics, Joe? Yeah. Is it the fact that is this the not Donald Trump himself, but the Trump phenomena where everybody just flat out hates him and everything he stands for? Oh, no, I'm I'm going. This is a dead end road. Yeah, it's a tough road to go that, down. That's here. a dead end road. Yeah. Um, I'm just I'm just trying to wrap my brain around how we got to this point. The uh, Nebraska Cornhuskers. Oh, how about this? They have a mascot called uh, Herbie Husker. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they've had that mascot for 50 years. Yeah, forever. There's a picture of Herbie Husker. There you go. And I didn't know this, but uh, Herbie holds a football in one arm and, and is given the AOK sign hey. in the other. And uh, Nebraska uh, is very concerned uh, and will change the logo because they fear that uh, AOK sign is a white supremacist sign. So nobody at Nebraska was going to tell the whiners to be quiet. Well, we'll, we'll hurry up and change that. I did not know that. This is supposed to be... You remember... Seen, oh, sorry, Rick. Go. You, you remember a couple of years ago when... Uh, what's that no-talent hack comedian? Kathy Griffin. Yeah. Remember, she, she pointed that out when a college basketball player and his teammates were doing that. Little did she know that that's also the sign of when you make a three-point shot. Ah. And remember, she got backlash for doing the same thing years ago. Well, the Anti-Defamation League has listed the OK gesture as a hate symbol. Of course they have. And it's a common hand gesture. I I mean, how many times in your life have you said to somebody, hey, nice deal? I did it this morning. I I don't. So you want it from Bud. No. That's all I wanted from Bud. One of these. One of these. Give me one of these, these, Bud Grant. Give me one of these, you know. And, and I had no idea that I was being so uh, insensitive. Uh, and now this, they're going to redraw Herbie Husker so that his... Uh, the woke movement is never going to end. So that his, uh, he's no longer going to... He'll be, uh, I guess, pointing up in the air. If the, Well, wait a minute. Uh, what does that mean? Well, that means you could believe in God. Oh, no, we can't have that. Ooh. But he's going to hold a football and then, and then no longer have the AOK sign. They're going to redraw it. How about... A football in one hand and a and an ear of corn in the other. Well, he's dressed as a corn farmer. That right. was who is this guy. Herbie's a corn farmer. He's got the blue overalls mm-hmm. on, and, and he's got the hat on, and he's got the football and the whole deal. And, Sounds like uh, it's a mascot that works, that yeah. they really uh, uh, resembles now, uh, the people that live in Nebraska. Now, how do we put that into alignment with what we're discussing that has happened to the country? The woke uh, movement seeping I, into every aspect of well, our life. It's America is being held hostage to the most ignorant among us. Mm-hmm. We all have to dumb down to their level of stupidity. It's like being on the freeway 
behind somebody, the speed limit's 55, somebody's going 45, and now everybody's doing 45. We're being controlled by the worst drivers on the freeway. We're being controlled by the most ignorant and loudest among us. The dumbest are always the noisiest. And if you talk, uh, if you offer any other opinions, instead of having a discussion, like we do when John is here, that's why I love when John is here, because we have discussions from all angles, and it's fantastic. Instead of that, it's just one side shouting at the other sh- side, and, and one side is going to go to hell, and they're wrong, and blah, blah, back and forth, and we end up in these Joe Rogan controversy positions. Let's go back to Rogan. Uh, he, he says, I don't set out to be controversial. I find that disingenuous. Of course he does. That's why he's got 10 right. million listeners. Right. Of course he tries to be controversial. Howard Stern wouldn't be worth $500 million if he didn't go as seriously blue as he possibly could have at the beginning of his career. Mm-hmm. And now here's Joe Rogan, who, uh, and to his credit, as I said, he talks to everybody. He'll talk to people who don't buy the mainstream narrative, mm-hmm. and he'll talk to people who do. Why is he—it's— it's, what is no longer allowed in this country is controversy. Mm-hmm. Is discussion. Discussion. We can't even talk about it. I watched the episode with the doctor who uh, is an anti-vacciner, and I, I, I just watched it. I mean, listened to it, and, and I didn't come away with this horrible alarm or concern. So there's a guy talking to a, a doctor who has a different view of all this. And again, go back to the beginning. Two years ago, we were hit with a massive intrusion, and it was entirely natural for people to have questions about it. Mm-hmm. Entirely natural to wonder, am I going to believe what, what Trump tells me or Biden tells me or which administration? Uh, uh, and, and, I mean, look at the—, look at the uh, who was the governor of New York? Andrew Cuomo. Yes. And and I fell for Andrew Cuomo. We all did. Yeah, we all. I, got I thought, my that. word, he's really he's really handling. It turns out he's a snake in the weeds. And and I've I've made my own decisions. You know, I'm vaccinated. I haven't had COVID. That uh, you know of. That I and if I have, <laughs> good for me. Right. Because uh, you were sick for a while. Yes, I was. Uh, but that it was emphatically told to me that that had nothing to do with getting a vaccine. Don't do that. That's a white supremacist. <laughs> song. Okay there, cowboy. <laughs> the uh, Everybody has the right to make up their own mind, and everybody should have the right to question anything in this country. Well, you say that we believe that. Yeah. But there's a percentage of people that don't believe that. Neil Young apparently does not believe that. You know what? Or, or Neil, I'll be in the role of John Haidt, I guess. Or Neil believes, uh, one guy told me Neil had polio as a kid, so he believes strongly in vaccines. I'm, I've done a lot of reading about Neil Young. I'm unaware of the polio aspect. Maybe he did. The, uh, where was I? Oh, it, uh, it could be that Neil Young uh, believes that if you even offer an alternative to a COVID vaccine, you are spreading disinformation. And Neil Young is allowed to believe that. Yes, he is. And have that opinion. Just like Rogan's allowed to have that doctor on his show. And Neil Young, contrary to what John told us Friday, uh, Kelsey dug up a couple of uh, references. You'll recall, I was going to wait till tomorrow, but it's too germane to what we're disco- discussing. Uh, John said that he read the letter Neil Young wrote to Spotify. It was posted on the Young's website. And John insisted that Young never said him or me. 
Remember that? John mm-hmm. said he just mm-hmm. didn't want to be on Spotify anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's B as in B, S as in S. And uh, here is from the uh, Rolling Stone magazine. I'm doing this because Spotify is spreading fake information about vaccines, potentially causing death to those who believe that disinformation being spread by them. Young wrote Monday, according to Rolling Stone. Please act on this immediately. He's talking to Spotify. Uh, please act on this immediately today and keep me informed of the time schedule. I want you, I want you to let Spotify know immediately today that I want all of my music off their platform. The letter continue. They can have Rogan or Young, not both. Well, there, there's your ultimatum that John missed, uh, and we'll give John a chance tomorrow to clarify that. But uh, so, where are we? Rogan has every right in the world to have gifted doctors on his show who might not share Anthony Fauci's view of COVID-19. And Neil Young is perfectly entitled to believe of Rogan that he's misinformed on vaccines and shouldn't have anybody on his show who doesn't abide by the vaccine uh, uh, agenda. But where it gets complicated is Young is essentially saying you either do what I'm asking you to, or I'm gone. Mm-hmm. Spotify should have just said, see you later. <laughs> right. Right. Good luck to you. That's a, it's, a, it's that simple. Neil, you have every right to ask us to take, uh, to take your music off our platform. We'll be glad to accommodate you. Period. It's over. What really alarms okay. me is that we as a country now, we're, not, we're no longer allowed to question what the government tells us. Nope when a Democrat is in office. Right. Your view when, is dangerous. When a Republican is in office, everything that comes from the government is evil and wrong and meant uh, for, for our destruction. Mm-hmm. And by the way, you guys, the, the, the two-minute clip that we played of Rogan talking about if you had said this back then, yeah. you know, you were shouted down and banned, and, and now it's truth. Right. You guys all remember when the vaccines first rolled out when Trump was still in office. Yeah. Every single Democrat said, I'm not taking a vaccine yeah, President right. Trump. Yeah. And, and President Trump took credit for it. And now, much to his dismay, um, the, the former President Trump is saying, get vaccinated. Right. And a lot of people in his in in the party are poo-pooing him mm-hmm. and, and shouting back at him. At the risk of dropping an, an even larger bomb, mm-hmm. this was sent to us uh, by a couple of people, but making the... Neil Young also has a very large... Um, ownership in Pfizer stock. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah. Is that provable? Yes. For real? For real? So draw your own conclusion. Well, I don't know that. I, yeah. I, I'm telling you. I, I, well, well, you can't know that because somebody might have emailed you. There's a there's a, a number of stories that have been posted okay. about it. So I, I don't know how much. I Whatever. Draw your own conclusion. You know, it never occurred to me I should have bought some Pfizer. Yeah, you're two years too late. Sound financial advice, yeah. uh, as always. From yeah. there's a hot uh, stock take for you. Two years late. Well, that was right after the Pope jumped in that Fiat, and I uh, bought Fiat sales right off went the bat. through the roof. Yep. Even your broadcast buddy bought them. <laughs> I got a great idea. Uh, Doesn't it alarm you, as a uh, former journalist and a sometimes writer, that uh, you're not allowed to question uh, anything from the government? Doesn't that scare the s out of you? It. it <laughs> We have to have secret conversations like we're in North Korea? That has not occurred in my life. I have not been afraid to write anything I've written, ever. It just hasn't occurred with my life. That's where we are now. Oh, I know. 
But I've been as hard as I possibly can on, you know, the revolving door of the criminal justice system and the mayors of both towns. And uh, I don't feel uh, I, I don't feel any concern about that. Investing is easy. Now's the time to invest. Invest now. Time now for Joe and Pat's piping hot stock take. <laughs> Mo money. <laughs> Pfizer. Yep. If it's good enough for Southern man, it's good enough for me. You know, and there, there. You know what? That's a fun story. Uh, so he lashes out. Leonard Skinner lashes out back at him. Yeah. They get together. Yeah. Turns out. They love each other, and they all became fast friends. Right, right. You know, a, a couple of bad takes, public bad takes. They finally decide to talk it out, and uh, they end up being buddies. I, uh, I believe we shall take a timeout. Okay, I think yeah. that's a good. Yeah, yeah. It was that half hour there? Jailers, it's Reavers here for Everest Men's Health. How about in the new year? One of the things you can focus on is better health. Are you experiencing any of the following? Maybe a lack of energy, a decrease in strength or endurance, decrease in enjoyment of just life in general, or libido? Call my friends at Everest Men's Health. Whether it's a deterioration in your work performance or just feeling sleepiness after dinner, are you just tired of feeling exhausted? You see, when your health suffers, oftentimes other areas of your life are going to suffer as well. But with Everest Men's Health, that all can change. I'm living proof. From signs of low testosterone to other deficiencies, they examine every area important to a man's overall health, which allows them to develop an easy-to-follow plan that will ensure your success. It doesn't matter where you fall on the spectrum of health. Now's the time to come to Everest and take the first steps towards realizing your best health possible. Contact them today to schedule a $50 testosterone check that includes a complete body composition screening and a consultation with one of their health medical experts. They have three fantastic clinics ready to help you out with your overall health in Woodbury, Plymouth, and Egan, or just go online right now to everestmenshealth.com and get started today this guy wears many hats just not indoors joe Souchere. you long-term glers have been hearing me talk about pro turf every spring for what the past uh, 40 50 years uh pro turf they continue to grow they've been one of the more exceptional independent lawn applicator uh, lawn application providers here in the twin cities they've actually been around for 40 years and they need you right now uh if you have experience in the green industry like turf applications or golf course work landscape uh, even a degree in horticulture uh this is the kind of person they're looking for you know what even if you have a strong interest in working in the great outdoors and you want to do this pro turf will train and license you to get your career started uh, summer days, that's what it's all about. If you like working alone, being on your own, if you like flexible hours, if you need full benefits, paid vacation, paid holidays, 401k, you're going to love ProTurf. Uh, and you know what else you're going to love about ProTurf? Bonuses. They hand them out uh, sometimes on a weekly ba uh, basis to a lot of staff members. Uh, and 12-month compensation, that means you've got a job in the winter. When the grass starts growing, the snow starts flying, you still have work. Um, and if, you, if you're going to sign up, if you're qualified, you could get anywhere from $1,000 to $1,500 as a sign-on bonus. But keep in mind, these good jobs, they could go quick. So get in line right now, get a hold of them, start, t start the uh, discussion. Professionalturf.com is the website. The phone number, 952-469-8680. But again, 
the best way, professionalturf.com. Sanibel sent me this, and it's been bothering me ever since. Hmm. When you realize that 1970 and 1922, I'm sorry, when you realize that 1970 and 2022 are as far apart as 1970 and 1918, you're going you're gonna to need a minute to think about that. Wow. Yeah. 1970 and 1922 are as far apart nope, as... No, nope, no, nope. I She keeps saying that. 1970 and 2022 are as far apart as 1970 and 1918. Well, the way I like to put it wow. is my, my grandpa, when he was a kid, knew Civil War veterans. Oh, I'm sure that was true of, of many of us, yeah. Yeah. Wow. No wonder, he notes, uh, Jim writes, no wonder uh, the changes have been reaching the point of overwhelming. Uh, how rapidly have things changed between 1970 and 2022? They've changed far more rapidly, I would imagine, than things changed between 1918 and 1970. No question. Yeah. Although great changes were made in both these periods. There were great changes were made in 1918 and 1970. 1918 would have been the height in this country of the Spanish flu. Did we freak out and shout down people that had differing opinions in 1918? I'm, I'm sure there were some similarities, but I, I don't. I, I, again, I've said this before. I, I wish I would have known about that. I would have asked my grandmother uh, who was raising two small boys in 1918. You know, how did you survive? Where did you go? What? How did you handle this? Sod hut. Sod hut. Yeah. yeah she, well, she was off the sod hut by then. Who was? Uh, who was the Joe Rogan on the wireless? You know. Yeah. <laughs> Holy mackerel! Nineteen eighteen and nineteen seventy. I I have uh, some uh, the uh, Think, well, okay. The, stop. Even break that down. Nineteen eighteen. Electricity. You uh, what's going? No, I know, but I mean, it was still in its infancy, and it was hadn't really been perfected yet. To 1970, where uh, we got a lot of good stuff. Yeah. From 70 to now, look at how much more advanced we are. What's going to happen in the next 52 years? We'll or all become robots. I a think robot. between 19, long as you want to break this down, because I think it's fascinating. I think between 1918 and 1970. Uh, great fundamentals were accomplished. Bridges and highways. Railroad. And railroads and jet travel and telephone service and <clears throat> electricity and dams. And, and between 1970 and now, we're uh, suffering to a large degree from how little attention has been paid to those fundamentals mm. As we race off into a world of just ever-advancing technology, a bridge just collapsed in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. We had a bridge collapse here in August of 2007. We, we, we have elected people, uh, I would submit, that between 1918 and 1970, uh, there was a fighting chance you elected people who wanted to be useful. Mm-hmm. And they got great things done. And between okay. 1970 and now, we've tended to elect people who want to be important. And they haven't gotten things done. No. They haven't gotten fundamental things done. They didn't take care of those bridges. They didn't, they didn't take care of what their forebears built. Correct. Well, that's because we need more programs, Joe. That's why. That end up not working because the youth are still... That's always their excuse for running again. 
for trying to stay in office yeah. is not being able to accomplish the first the things that I first wanted to do. Well, what you really want to do is just stay on the third rail. Yep. What great things have been accomplished since 1970? Well, man went to the moon. That was in 1969. Yeah, we'll, we'll give it to you. Yeah. Man Cell phones, internet, um, technology, technology, technology. Think about your car. Same your, your 1970 car and your 2022 car. Yeah, and I much favor the 1970. A lot of people You're do. messed up, though. Well, they were intuitive. I don't like this. I don't even know where the wipers are. What's the biggest? <laughs> what What is the biggest change in automobiles aside from the electric Every, car? Virtually every driven. No, I'm saying what What do you think is the, is the grandest invention? The, oh, the greatest heated seats. Heated seats. <laughs> you guys, I, th- th- this was my first experience. I was driving my wife's vehicle uh, Saturday, and my hands were starting to sweat. She has a steering wheel heater. Right. Yeah, what I've, the hell? You probably can turn it off. Well, I, I didn't you know can. that it was on. Yeah, yeah. But it's it scares the hell out. I got two I, uh, cars. The I girls. I thought you wimp. You I'm kind of ashamed to admit here. this, but my uh, 2016 truck does not have a backup camera. Oh boy. Oh. Um, and uh, aren't they move, mandatory now in every vehicle? I had to move a, a lot of trailers over the weekend. Yeah. Oh no. Um, one of them I got uh, I got hooked up with only getting out of the truck twice. Right. Um, and another one, <laughs> I got hooked up with getting out of the truck once. Really? Wow, you're getting better. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were going to tell me 15 times. Oh, yeah, that's the norm, right. That's yeah. the norm. Yeah, 10 times at the very least. I, and I, then my old man pulls in and, you know, just backs right up to it. Perfect first time. See ya. Every time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Over the weekend, I, I uh, would occasionally put on the Weather Channel just to watch the uh, video footage of the nor'easter mm-hmm. that hit. And, uh, you know, Nantucket was flooded, and uh, the seaside homes in Massachusetts were coated in ice. And, and I, I must say, I did not hear a great—I don't think I heard much discussion at all about this is the result of climate change. Because it's January. Well, it's winter, <laughs> right. and, they, and it's happened before. I, think, I don't even think they eclipsed the record of 1978. But in any event, other GLers were thinking along the same lines. I got some great, great emails. There was a ferocious storm that hit North Dakota in 1966. And a guy sent me a picture of a, of a guy in North Dakota standing on top of the snow, and he was, he was level with the top of, the, of an electrical, oh uh, what do you call those things? The uh, power line? Power, power line. line. He was at the top wow. of the power line. Holy cow. But Carl in Northfield, he really found something amazing. He said uh, he stumbled across uh, this on YouTube. It was the blizzard of 1949, which I was unfamiliar with. Uh, and Carl notes the worst stir- storm I've ever heard about. Wind, snow, plunging temperatures, and over an area covering Wyoming, Nebraska, and both Dakotas. You probably shouldn't show this to Kenny, since he lately seems overly sensitive <laughs> to cold winters. So I watched this, and uh, I watched this, and uh, you know, people died. Uh, the drifts were 12 feet high. It, it went. It started January 2nd, 1949, which was a Sunday morning, and didn't end till Thursday. Holy wow! Crap. Didn't end till Thursday. <laughs> and it, uh, I should uh, maybe forward you this, and you should post it. Maybe it's, I think it was done by either Colorado Public Television or Wyoming Public Television, and they've got great interviews with people who survived it, and they've got great vintage video of what what it was like and 
honest to God, I've never what seen anything this? like it. 1949. Wow. And so, again... This, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, again, we're always reminded that in these... Uh, seemingly catastrophic winter events uh, weather events they've been preceded before uh and this yeah, this nothing has nothing has occurred since 1949 to top this and you can watch it for yourself and make up your own mind do you want to check in with uh junior out eat out east to find out what he went through yeah i have not talked to him yeah you got a kid you used to have living in boston <laughs> Uh, yes. I would predict, without having talked to him, is he, is he calling him? He's calling right now. I would predict that the things are already back to normal. Yeah, they should be fairly good at this. Well, they, they didn't hit him by surprise. No. You know, they knew it right. was coming. And they should have the equipment in place. Matthew? Yes, hello. Matthew Mikulski, Uh is Boston pretty much back to normal right this minute? Depends on where you are in the city. All right. Yes. Okay. Your prediction was right. What was it like over the weekend? Uh, high wind. Mm-hmm. Basically, basically no visibility. <laughs> it was uh, 60, 70 mile an hour wind. Whoa. Uh, the snow was, it was interesting. The snow wasn't accumulating on the ground because it was all in the air. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So interesting. Next to, there's parts of the city that are, cars are buried under snow. And right. then there's parts of the city where I am right now, I can see the grass. Really? Uh, mostly because wind just kept kept moving the snow around. So I think the total was 24 inches uh, in most parts. Parts of the south shore of Boston got hit a lot harder a couple hours out. Some of the islands like Nantucket, Martha's Vineyard, they completely flooded. Right. And Cape uh, Cod was in trouble. And Matthew, yeah, they, how, they got hammered. How are, uh, how are the public works, um, what would you give them for a grade, the public works, on dealing with the snow and the ice and uh, all the mayhem? This was better than I expected. Uh, I'll, I'll give them a B-plus on this. Okay. Uh, I, I anticipated it to be a lot worse, but roads are clear. They don't have any uh, really long-lasting things from, from the weekend. There are some areas downtown that, there's just no room to put the snow, so those are kind of a mess. Yeah. So no you're problem. saying their service was better than the city of St. Paul way back when? Yeah, I don't know if that's like that hard of a uh, a level to achieve, but yeah. <laughs> so the, uh, um, what did you do? Did you hole up with a whole bunch of liquor and drugs and a prostitute <laughs> and uh, while the weekend away, or uh, what minus, did you do? Minus a couple of those those. Items that list, yeah, and he will not remain. He'll not tell you which ones. Yeah, I not think necessarily we know. in that order. I think we know. What was the vibe of the city? Was there a, a climate change hysteria or a pretty much, uh, pretty much a casual attitude? It was pretty casual. Yeah, that's what uh, I sense too. Uh, uh, we did. We haven't had too much snow this year. There's been a bit here and there. There was almost an excitement for it. Yeah, it was. People were excited to get. Yeah. No, and it's always fun out here. They call what happened was they call it a bomb cyclone, right? Uh, which I then this this weekend learned more about what a bomb cyclone is. Uh, and so people, I don't know, they they kind of had a a more of a festive attitude towards it. I would imagine it was festive. If you're gonna, I've always said, if you're gonna get a snowstorm, get one hell of a snowstorm. Yeah. Let's go here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you yeah. guys got yeah. one hell of a snowstorm. Yeah, we were hoping that it wouldn't be some like. Three four inches. We were if it's going to snow, give us two. Right, right, right. Did restaurants manage to stay open? 
Uh, mostly, yes. Yeah. There are areas where I think they just said we don't want to go in. So right. There were a few that were uh, holed up, but yeah, I heard legal seafood. Uh, legal seafoods was was open and offering uh, wonderful discounts if you could make it in. Right. Probably had oh, to really? walk okay. there. Yeah. Is the uh, airport yeah. up and running yet? I believe so. I yeah. believe it is too. Yeah. Well, great report, kid. I'm glad well, you survived. One more question. Um, when are you going to stop breaking your mom's heart and uh, move back to the Twin Cities? <laughs> Come on, dude. Amen. What's what's up? I plead the fifth. Oh, He's yeah. no dummy. He's where Smart the money move. is. Smart move, kid. Yeah. Are we uh, any closer to the condo in Florida down the road? <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. That, maybe on that one. Okay, okay. You just keep me posting. You keep working until you've done it, and then call me, okay? I will do. Thank you. See you, buddy. Love yeah. you. Thank you. See you later. Hey, GLers, it's Reavers here once again for my friends at Hofferman Water. They are an independent water treatment dealer. They offer sales, service, and rental for Connecticut water treatment systems, including water softeners, iron rust and odor filtration systems, and, of course, drinking water systems. A new system from Connecticut can do so many things that other water softeners simply cannot. They will cut down on salt usage and protect all of your appliances. Trust me when I say bad water affects nearly every single aspect of your home. Your showers are better, your laundry is better, not to mention your drinking water. And another underrated aspect of this, a brand new state-of-the-art Connecticut water treatment system helps the resale value of your home. Please get in touch with my friends at Hoffman Water today. I had my Connecticut system installed years ago and it has made an amazing difference in the quality of my water. Call them today for that free water analysis. 952-894-4040 or you can just visit them online today at HoffermanWater.com. Hofferman Water, proudly serving the state of Minnesota for over 50 years. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. The Liberty Safe is where it's at, and uh, Maple Grove Lock and Safe has just that, among other. Uh, but the Liberty made right here in the United States using materials only procured in the great United States of America. The Franklin model is back. Uh, that's great for us. But Rich, he's sitting on over 140 safes in stock right now to protect our valuables, and uh, he's the matchmaker. I promise you, you're going to walk out of that place with the right safe, the safe that matches your needs and your dollars. MapleGroveLockAndSafe.com is the place to see him on the web. Uh, the uh, address in Maple Grove, 6901 East Fish Lake Road, full residential and commercial lock and safe and security services from the home to the car to everything in between. If it If it locks... Rich has got it, and he can fix it. MapleGroveLockAndSafe.com. Well, offsite correspondent Kelsey has done some wonderful homework on uh, Southwest Light Rail. Just a minute. Royce, you like gas attack? Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. The good Lord. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Perfect. Hell, bless you. Uh, the massive project, which involved I-35W and a portion of I-94, cost $239 million. It was very much needed and is used by approximately 200,000 vehicles per day, according to the Department of Transportation's own information. He's talking about the four-year completed project on Interstate 35W going south out of downtown Minneapolis. The original freeway was built in 1967, and toll lanes were added in 2009. Nearly 200,000 vehicles a day travel I-35W, according to the Minnesota Department of Transportation, and 243,000 travel I-94. Those traffic numbers are forecast to increase to 257,700 and 288,500, respectively, by the year 2038. 
Now compare that to the Southwest Light Rail Line at a now revised cost of $2.75 billion for something that nobody wants or needs. For those of you scoring at home, that is more than 10 times the cost of that I-35W project and possibly more by the time it is completed. How many necessary projects around the state could have been completed with that money? And there's the rub. Those projects will still be necessary after the light rail is completed. That allows the government to come back later and get more money when the real projects can no longer wait. You always know which brings you always know which things really need fixing as it is those that continually get passed over when major funding is discussed. This is like going to the bank to get money to replace your roof and furnace and instead using the money to put another British car or wood boat in your garage. The need to replace the other items has not gone away. The larger the project, the harder to keep track of the money. Most people can't even grasp these kinds of numbers. This project, much like school funding, is nothing more than a Democrat money laundering operation. I wonder how much of it will find its way back to the Democratic Party in the Mm -hmm. ways of contributions at election time. Whenever a stadium is built, we know exactly who the contractor is, such as Mortensen. But why do we never know who is actually constructing these rail lines? Is it employees of the state, Hennepin County, or a private contractor? I know that they always say that it is overseen by the Met Council and that there are partnerships with different communities involved, but who actually is doing the work? It would be nice to have someone do a story on this sometime. In case you're wondering what we got for less than one-tenth as much money on this freeway project, here you go. A four-year, $239 million project to upgrade I-35 West in downtown Minneapolis. The project involved rebuilding two and a half miles of freeway between 43rd Street and I-94. A new southbound easy zip pass lane was built for vehicles with two or more occupants. Uh, to travel or a single occupant vehicle whose drivers pay a toll. That's according to MnDOT. Other improvements included a new interchange at I-35 and I-94, 19 rebuilt bridges, new access from southbound I-35W to a rebuilt Lake Street, and a new ramp from I-35W north to I-94 west, which includes a dedicated lane for motorists to continue through the Lowry Tunnel. The project also included a new metro transit station at 31st and Lake Streets for a bus line to provide quicker service to downtown. Walking and biking paths were improved with new pedestrian bridges at 24th and 40th Streets. Hmm. Phase 2 of the project is also coming to a conclusion. The agency expects to soon complete another major project. Work began in 2018 on reconstructing the bridges over the Minnesota River and 106th Street between Burnsville and Bloomington. Other improvements include a northbound auxiliary lane, a trail, and improved signs, lighting, and drainage. The project is expected to be completed in November, according to MnDOT, at an estimated cost of $147.6 million. We got both of these massive highway and bridge projects done for 15% of the cost of the light rail line. Hmm. If I haven't lost you at this point, I would like to make one more comparison that will help put all of this into perspective. I understand that there are time differences impacting the cost, but the combined cost to build the following projects was approximately $2.8 billion compared to the new estimated of Southwest Rail Line at $2.75 billion. U.S. Bank Stadium, $1.1 billion. Target Field, $555 million. Renovation of the state capitol, $300 million. TCF Stadium, $289 million. Alliance Field, uh, $200 million. XL Energy Center, $170 million. Renovation of Target Center, $140 million. And CHS Field, $65 million. Total, $2.8 billion for exactly what they're telling us 
the Southwest light rail line will cost, and they don't know how much it will cost, and they don't know when it will be finished. That's an amazing stat. As long as he mentioned writing, an amazing a, number. writing a story about it, I have a public plea. And if you know these people, please pass on my thanks to them. Uh, what cannot be allowed to disappear is this tremendous food fraud yes. situation in Minneapolis, however alleged. Uh, on Saturday, we learned in the Saturday, was this the Saturday paper? Uh, yeah, yes. the Saturday paper, we learned that uh, Fry and Osmond were inquiring about the food program, and that Osmond, a new city council member, was involved, but said he sent, stepped away from the program before it, the bleep hit the fan. Then on Sunday, we get the front page story uh, of uh, uh, Amy Bach, who was running uh, the uh, food for our future, feeding our future. And so to Kelly Smith and Jeffrey Meatrot, Medrot of the Star Tribune, please stay with this. You, 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 st- mm-hmm. I, I would beg my own paper, but you have the staff. You have some bodies. <laughs> right. You have the, you have the man and women power to continue to follow this through. This, this cannot go away. This is hundreds it, of millions of dollars. And you mentioned oh, the, the Sunday piece. Did you think that was uh, sympathetic to the nonprofit? Uh, or do you th- did you think I, I would it was just, balanced? I was just pleased to see it. I, I just don't want this to be let go. You mentioned this last week, too. Is there still any comment from the from Keith Ellison's office? I'm unaware of any comment from Keith Ellison, although the uh, Feeding Our in, Future has been deregulated. It's not a charity that's listed with the state anymore. Because it also didn't, it wasn't, um, oh, I'm, I'm forgetting my train of thought, but he, he, it's it's impossible that he can't be aware of this story. Oh, no, he's aware of it. Did the mayor say anything? Yeah, I, in I, the Saturday paper. He did. Okay. Yeah. We must do something about this What about uh, Ilhan? Did she say anything? No, no. Because she no. also received. No. But here's the deal. The, the Star Tribune has got to stay with this. They have got to stay with this. This is a massive story of fraud, however alleged. Mm-hmm. Massive story of fraud. Are you buying Amy Box reasons for not this? Not a word of it. No, I'm not. Okay. I'm not. For example, her boyfriend got a hundred, six hundred grand or something. Well, I'll tell you exactly what it was. Why don't I be factual? This is from the Sunday Star Tribune. Let me go to page eleven. Uh, we call the jump. Yeah, it was. A, it's a long story. Uh, in box case, investigators she uh, said she received a kickback from the owner of a meal provider that supposedly fed five thousand children a day, according to the FBI. The restaurant company misappropriated 15 million in program money and its owner gave Bach a cashier's check for 310 grand last August. Uh, Bach said she received the money as payment for selling the restaurant owner a shuttered child care center in Burnsville that she had never gotten around to opening. The FBI also said Bach stole 600 grand in program funds by funneling money to handy helpers, a firm controlled by her boyfriend. He allegedly used the money on a trip to Vegas where he dropped nine grand at Caesar's Palace, sixty seven hundred at Gucci, thirty five hundred at Louis Vuitton, and more than twenty one grand at Royal Royalty Exotic, a luxury car rental agency, the FBI contends. Bach said she paid six hundred grand to handy helpers to cover remodeling work done at the company's offices in St. Anthony. The outrage though should be the fact that he only spent thirty five hundred at Louis Vuitton. I didn't know that was possible. Yeah, 
Nothing cheap. The, this, it's got to be. The, the press has to stay with this. That's way too important to let this just disappear. I don't know how they. I don't know. That's not something you can sweep under the rug, though. May I ask a question? Sure. The, the, the press, if, even if let's say they do stay with it and, and more frauds discovered, then what? Then what's uh, the next step? The the, uh, the officials would be would feel the pressure to prosecute and make arrests. And you know, no one's been arrested. No, you know that this is such a tight knit group that once people got in on it, you can do. It's going to go. De- there's going to be different layers of euphorians that are going to be. It's like a. You know, it's not that bad, like an Epstein thing. They're it's all going to play the race card. Amy Bach, who is white, is playing the race card. These are just uh, underrepresented people who couldn't get their no. their foot no, through the door. And no. I'm the no. white lady who helped no. them. And you know, BS, lady. BS. No, Somebody they, stole one hell of a lot of money. They knew what they were doing right away. Somebody stole one hell of a lot of money. Not someone. There's a. This is uh, a group. group of people. Group. Yeah. Allegedly. Yes, allegedly. I don't know if the FBI and other people aren't going to talk to the press. It's just going to be this one-sided. I mean, we learned a lot in this piece on Sunday, but we—I I still think it was sympathetic to her cause. Here's from an NPR piece: Among the individuals named in the search warrant and campaign finance disclosures, uh, meaning these are some of the guys who gave money to Fry: Abdi Kadir Muhammad Mohamud. In December 2021, Fry appointed Abdi Kadar. To his Minneapolis Community Safety Work Group. Uh, this is after he apparently donated to the campaign. According to a December press release from the mayor's office, Fry created the group to bring together 35 leaders with varying perspectives from across the city to develop recommendations about public safety and police accountability. Okay. The mayor's office did not respond to a question about why Fry appointed Abdi Kadur to his work group. Fry is not named in the warrant for the Feeding Our Future investigation. The federal warrant identified Abdi Kadir Mohamud as an owner of Stigma Free International, a nonprofit originally incorporated and directed by Minneapolis City Council member Jamal Osman, according to state business filings, and alleges he made false claims about providing 2,000 meals a day in Wilmer in August of 2021. He also founded Tanyar Trading, according to the warrant, an alleged shell company that the group used to launder nutrition dollars back to themselves. Unbelievable. In a statement to Sahan Journal, Jamal said that he separated himself from stigma free before the time of the alleged fraud. That's Jamal Osman, who's now These are not guys that just jumped off the boat. Mm -hmm. Two other individuals named Abdul Qadir, Nur Salah, and Salim Syed also appear in campaign records as donors to Fry. The warrant identifies the two as owners of Safari Restaurant. The men allegedly used stolen nutrition funding to buy a $2.8 million Minneapolis mansion that serves as an office building. Ah! Salim Syed also purchased a $950,000 home in Plymouth and an $80,000 pickup truck with the money, according to the warrant. Mayor Fry's office confirmed that Abdul Qadir Nur Salah is the brother of Abdi Salah, a senior policy aide to the mayor. This you got to get in there, Star Tribune. Pretend you're Woodward and Bernstein and go after go after this. Who wait, knows where this would lead? Wait, no, no, no. Better idea, Rook. You and I go into business together. We start up our own, and we call it "Put Food on Our Family." Put food on your family. Feeding our food for families. Hey. 
try this. I could use a new truck. Oh, yeah, yeah, really. I wouldn't even go eighty grand. I'd go forty. <laughs> and then spend the other forty on something else. Yes. Tools. You go forty for a truck. I, I've got one for sale. <laughs> uh, I don't have the forty. Oh, I don't have the forty. Wait till I get my program up and running, Ken. Then I'll come calling. And, and Rook, I wouldn't rip you off like uh, that other guy that sells you vehicles does. Oh, that that was just a horrible transaction. You got one hell of a deal. You know. <laughs> horrible transaction. He's still driving the thing. He's it still kicking runs. tires, and he's saying, like, you know, the guy's like Angel from Rockford Files, isn't he? He's just <laughs> straight up shifty. Yeah, Jimmy, I got a bad feeling on this one. <laughs> I got fifty percent of ten percent nothing. Let's uh, uh, you know what? Let's talk about let's talk about spiral light. Why candles. don't we? We are going to talk. You know, everybody thinks, oh, spiral light candles, they're only a Christmas candle company. No, they're not. You can get your uh, wonderful, wonderful CI girl a Valentine's Day gift, and you have time right now to order them, spirallightcandles.com. They've got all sorts of different scents, and if you are a guy, you want to get one for yourself, don't forget, on the bottom of the spirallightcandles.com, there is a GL logo. Click on that icon and find out how you can get yourself your hands on a wonderful, wonderful garage-smelling candle, a cylinder index candle. That's only reserved for special people that understand the garage logic, garage smell. So if you want to get your gal your Valentine's Day gift, go to spiralightcandles.com. Check out their website. There's all sorts of great colors, all sorts of great uh, different scents. And remember, these aren't boring candles. Stop burning boring candles. They burn in a spiral motion. It's fun to look at, and it's just a great housewarming gift, too. Super Bowl party? Yes, you got two weeks now. Go right now. Spiralightcandles.com and tell them that the Rook sent you. The 31st Annual 2022 Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show returns to the Minneapolis Convention Center Friday, February 18th through Sunday, Feb 20. Grab your foursome. Get ready for your first round of 2022. See all the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show has to offer, including great deals on drivers, irons, putters, and accessories. Nab great deals on the best golf apparel around. This is where I get my golf gloves every year. Take advantage of special offers from your favorite courses and destination golf resort vacations. While you're there, plus take lessons from the pros and be ready to own your golf game in 2022. And as an added bonus, yes, Garage Logic will broadcast live from 11:30 a.m. to 1 p.m. on Friday, Feb 18. Tickets are now on sale for just $12. Compliments of TwinCitiesGolf.com. Each ticket purchase includes 10 free greens free passes and three bonus passes if you purchase online. Find all show details at MinnesotaGolfShow.com. Presented by Choice Bank, your select Minnesota Buick, GMC dealers, Nelson Marine, and Second. Swing. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Souchere. Did I hear that off-air story correctly? You accidentally drank uh, some sea foam over the weekend, and yeah. really, uh, <laughs> really played havoc with me. Trans uh, yeah. When is the last time uh, you, you used sea foam, Such? Oh, uh, two weeks ago. Last time for me. Getting gas for the snowblower, uh, and then uh, I always add to the gas container seafoam. A little gulp? Yeah. Uh, Two-stroke, right? So you're mixing no, it right at... No, it's four-stroke. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, well, that's sweet. Matthew, you, you don't even know what seafoam is. Actually, uh, I do, and you know what? The last time I used it, I put it in the uh, lawnmower. I put it in the lawnmower because it was going... <laughs> and it worked fine. You know what I've been doing lately is I ran out of the regular motor treatment, 
but I've got a bunch of, uh, I really stocked up on the high mileage because uh, both of my vehicles are high mileage. Uh, I've been known to give, and this is my excuse, I actually don't hate winter uh, as much as you think. And I was out snowmobiling yesterday, burned off about three quarters of a tank. And uh, since my sled is, <laughs> the mileage is so high, I dumped in a little high mileage right into the gas tank before yeah. I filled what up. What the hell? Uh, the stuff is absolutely, it's what miracles are made out of, and it keeps our stuff. For me, I like keeping it out of the hands of uh, my buddies at the shop because if I bring something in, first they're going to do is work me over for 30 minutes, and then they're going to overcharge me. So anything I can do to keep my stuff out of the shop uh, I'll do, and that's why I use seafoam in pretty much all of my cylinders, from diesel to gas, mixed gas, it doesn't matter. And the great thing is you can find it everywhere. Uh, it's it's a local product with a global reach, and it truly is a wonderful product in a world of bad gas, seafoam. Had a couple of great NFL playoff games yesterday, mm-hmm. and the Glitterati showed up for the uh, Rams hosting the 49ers. <laughs> In Los Angeles, and now all the glitterati are uh, under fire because, of course, they didn't wear masks, even though there's a mandate in that building. Would to wear that masks. include the uh, the governor of the great uh, state of California? The governor Newsom, yeah. uh, the mayor of L.A. Garcetti, uh, the mayor of San Francisco, London Breed, uh, Magic Johnson. They were all in a suite taking pictures of each other. These frauds. And, uh, you know, somebody named uh, California State Senator Melissa Melendez posted to her Twitter page about the pictures saying. Toddlers are being forced to wear masks all day long in school. Maybe one day they'll be governor or the mayor of L.A., and they won't have to follow the rules they impose on others. Any, uh, and Newsom's office will not comment. They were all posted to Magic Johnson's Instagram page because mm. these people can't help themselves, can they? Right. Oh, Any right. word whether uh, Denny Hecker made the cut or not? I don't think he, he was, was a glitter. He was, was the only glitterati we had. Basketball glitterati. Yeah. Oh, oh we had right. Prince. At the time, I guess. Yes, we yeah. did. Uh, I'll bring this up with uh, Big Boy with Patrick, but I'm so proud of myself. I texted a kid I used oh, yeah. to have at uh, 3:58 p.m. Okay, that was not even the just the second half might have not even started yet. And I said, Kansas City's refusal to take three points at the end of the first half will come back to haunt them. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the game, I just said, I rest my case. And I thought it was because of their arrogance. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. They had a chance to put another three points on top of what was then a 21-10 lead. 21-3. 21-3 lead. They could have gone to 24-3. Uh, they ended up losing the game by a field goal. And uh, I should double-check that, actually. They had four They had four chances to score. They were, was, I really And lo- they didn't take a field goal I chance. really like Pat Mahomes. I respect him. I think he's a great quarterback, and I'm happy for his success. What I think the turning point was when he so arrogantly, when he took that sack and, it, and he dropped back, and it was just, I don't know if it was his, he had a confidence problem that he believed he was just going to do it. He was back there so long, could have thrown the ball, and then got sacked. Right. I just think, you know, they thought, we're, I don't know if it was Andy Reid's call or, or Patrick's. Mahomes, uh, they said after the game, or maybe it was at halftime, that Mahomes told Reid they're going for it. Which I thought, oh boy, okay. By the way, you were correct. It was 21, uh, 21 to 10. At 21 halftime. 10. They could have gone to 24 10. Yep. Uh, but that gave uh, Cincinnati all kinds of uh, the momentum, found energy, like and that. life. Yeah. And they had a fabulous goal line stand. And it just uh, worked. I said to myself, why aren't they kicking a field goal? 
And I was right. The NFL did have a pretty good uh, go around these last couple weeks oh, with boy. these games and comebacks. Uh, I, I'm a, this is long, but I want to read it. I find this fascinating. Uh, it's a it's a uh, email from Steve Preckle. And he has a, he had an interesting situation last week that he thinks he should share with GLers. Hmm. He said, "I travel most weeks for my job, and as a result, drive rental cars." Last week, I was due to work in southern South Dakota and southwestern Minnesota. Due to rental car shortages in my area, I was issued a 2021 GMC Yukon Denali. Very swanky. When I ordered a standard car, loaded, comfy, and four-wheel drive, perfect for the uh, miles in the Midwest in January, I was glad to have the rig on the way down to South Dakota when I encountered bad roads in southern Minnesota. The week was going well with the exception of lower gas mileage, but that was expected. I pulled into Marshall, Minnesota on Wednesday afternoon and checked into my hotel. When I returned to the Yukon to move into the move it into the back lot, my tire pressure indicator was on. Sure enough, I had 22 pounds in the rear driver's tire, and it was dropping. I was two blocks from a GM dealer, so I headed there. Here's where the education started. The dealer graciously got me into the service bay right away. Up on the lift, they located a hole one-eighth inch below the tread on the sidewall. They told me they can't repair sidewall damage, which I already knew from past experience. I would need to replace the tire. I said, how about putting the full-size spare on? They agreed and set out to take the flat off. First problem, the vehicle had a locking lug on each tire. We uh, scoured the vehicle, but no key. In our search, we discovered that the SUV had everything to change a tire except a jack. The mechanic scoured the toolboxes and found about six keys for locking lugs, but none of them fit my rig. Completely stonewalled until another mechanic uh, came along and said, just hammer a 12-point socket on the lug and it will come off, but it will ruin the lug. I told him to try, work like a charm. Off with the flat, on with the spare. Once the spare was on, the studs, the mechanic was looking a bit perplexed. Next, he pulled out a tape measure and measured the height profile on spare versus original tire. The full-size spare was a little more than a half inch shorter than the others. Mechanic then said, we better put this spare on the front due to the four-wheel drive system. So he did the lug trick in the driver's front tire and finally got all the tires mounted. During all of this jockeying, the dealer was on the phone looking for a replacement tire locally, not to meant, uh, not to happen as no outlet had any 22-inch tires in stock. Okay, I'm on my way, slower than desired. When I called the rental company, I was told that I was responsible for replacing the tire due to declining the insurance. And I had to replace with an identical oh. tire. Thankfully, a shop at home in Duluth was able to order a tire and have it on Thursday when I returned home. Due to the size and brand of the tire, the new one cost me 290 bucks. Wow. I returned the SUV Friday morning without incident. When I spoke with the manager of the rental location, I asked if the OnStar system worked. Uh, I asked if the OnStar system was live on the rentals. He said, "No, they're all disabled." I posed the scenario of being way off the beaten path with no cell phone coverage and vehicle trouble. His response was, yeah, you'd be in a bit of trouble. No different than if in my personal car, but a situation I never thought about. When I returned, I immediately checked my personal vehicles for locking lugs and found none. So when I rent in the future, I will be looking for, one, vehicles without locking lugs, and two, vehicles without 22-inch tires. Sorry this went on so long, but I just wanted to share uh, the credit card I used for the rental had rental insurance as a member benefit, and they will be reimbursing me for the tire. Nice. Steve in Duluth. I have never heard of such a thing. Why would you turn off OnStar for a renter? I don't know. I, it seems Is silly. it a cost thing, I wonder? I have no idea. What, hap what did the manager say? 
Oh, you'd be in a lot of trouble out there, wouldn't you? Well, she are the manager. How long have we did we go without on store to on store to begin with? You mean I our mean, lives? You mean? My, I've had a bunch of vehicles that have had OnStar, and I never used it once. No, nope, me either. I've never had OnStar. So, uh, what else about that story did you think was interesting? Uh, that there was no key to unlock the lug nuts. Do you have any of those kind of wheels? Uh, no, I did. And I do not. And I do. I no longer do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do this time around, yeah. and uh, it, it's always in the glove box where it belongs. Yeah. Well, I just thought he had an interesting tale yeah. there from a garage logic book. Only because they come to us. Yeah. All the way from Marloth Park and Montana. Well, I'm not South. criticizing you. Don't take me wrong. Yeah. Uh, it, it just really raised my ire. That whole thing. I've, I'm just mad at everybody now. That that story really set me off. <laughs> well, it is a, yeah. a story of poor service, isn't it? Yeah. 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 I, I I think I'd, I'd I, I I would really let that rental company have it. I'd really blast them. He uh, he really sounded calm and collected about the whole thing. Especially does, after declining the insurance. I would decline yeah. the insurance. How does he pull that off? Did he have a mistress with or something? He, he just had, what, he what just kept had him a so calmer calm? outlook on life than you do, maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, man. I, I'm sorry I brought it up. You're I, sending me home angry I know. Today, I, I feel terrible now. Well, go ahead. Only because they come to us all the way from Marlith Park in Mumpumalonga, South Africa, from the Traveling Lymans was on this day. Last day of January, brah. In 1780, Jonathan Carver died in London. Arriving at the future site of St. Paul in 1766, Carver met with Dakota leaders and witnessed ceremonies in Wakan Tipi, a cave that settler colonists named after him. His descendants would later allege that the Dakota had ceded him a sizable tract of land, but the U.S. Senate would reject this bogus claim in 1823. Carver had written a book about his adventures in which he made no mention of the land grant. And on this day in 1883, January 31st, the Minneapolis Society of Fine Arts, the founding organization of the Minneapolis Institute of Arts and the Minneapolis School of Art, now the Minneapolis College of Art and Design, was incorporated and William W. Falwell of the University of Minnesota became its first president. Huh. So we were very a long time very gifted back in 1883. Is that, what, is that what we call MCAD? I guess. I don't know. Minneapolis College of Art and Design? Yeah. Yeah, yeah probably. Oh, I used to work in the one of my jobs in, uh, when I wasn't in radio in the real world was working at a, a photo place. Um, and we do projects for big stores, make their in-store displays, um, you know, photos and, and whatnot, and advertisement. And uh, we'd get some, we get some MCAD grads in there, and oh, they were so precious, very and so, precious, <laughs> so slow, and taking their time and making everything just, just perfect. And the rest of us are like, uh, "This is production yeah, work. We here. need, yeah. we need twenty thousand copies of this in their hands say. by tomorrow morning at seven a.m. Let's go!" Yep. <laughs> All right, thank you, GLers. Yes, yes, sir. Yeah, thank you. The last day of January, 781, huh? Closing in on 800. Woo! Yep, Woo! we are. Hey, if you want to check out some other podcasts that maybe have even more experience than we do at 781, you can go to PodMN. There's a library there. You can figure it out for yourself what your interests and tastes are. But PodMN on your smartphone. Then slip over to YouTube, the Garage Logic YouTube page, 
Give us a uh, subscription. Just subscribe. It's free to do that right now. Including Rookie's Splash Movie Review from yes. last Friday is on YouTube. Banned in most counties in Gumption County, but uh, you can have a listen there. As well as uh, Facebook. we got a really nice Facebook page. Interaction, all sorts of great stuff. So just give us a follow. Follow Garage Logic on Facebook. Grazie. Principessa. No cha? I don't know if I'm ready for a...